Welcome to Culture Dumps. It is your host, Parks Miller, and I have with me a very special guest. Uh, his name is Mike Stasny. This is a friend of mine, artist uh, in Atlanta, known him through uh, just various putzing around of different art uh, events uh, over the years. Um, he has uh, been a listener of our show, which is great. And he has a very large beanie baby collection, which we might get into later, but that is not why, uh, we have Mike on the show today. Uh, I have Mike on the show because he, um, was involved in a video, a viral video, uh, from what some might refer to as the golden era of YouTube. And, uh, I'm here to pick his brain about it. And, um, the song is, uh, called Samwell. It's by Samwell. It's what, what in the butt. I said, what, what in the butt? I said, what, what in the butt? I said, what, what in the butt? You want to do it in my butt? In my butt? You want to do it in my butt? So I think a lot of people remember that, remember that song. Um, it's, it's got 72 million views on YouTube right now, but, um, without further ado, here's, uh, here's Mike Stasny. Say hello to the people. Hello, hello world. This is Mike Stasny coming at you. Oh, good pronunciation with my name, and thank you for the introduction. That's really fantastic. I gotta, I gotta work on him. You're, uh, I feel like there's something. You're much better than just that. There's more to you than my introduction. Uh, you're a wonderful guy, and that's that's really why I wanted you on the show. Is just because you're a great guy and you're a kind, friendly Ooh. individual. <laughs> See, to people that are just hearing this, he's looking me in the eye while he says that, and I don't get that very often. So when somebody says I'm a great guy and looking me in the eye, I'm like, oh, thanks. But, you know, my kryptonite is compliments, so watch out. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to, I would say it's like you're, I would first call you like a visual artist, um, but it seems like you do, you are like interdisciplinary, you do music, you do video stuff, you said you're working on stop motion. It seems like you've got your hands in lots of different pots. Yeah, I, I try to be kind of a professional tinkerer. I used to joke that I just professionally want to be myself, which with a person where I'm kind of uh, short tension, it's like, okay, now I'm putting out this creative thing, whatever I'm into at the time, whether it be stop motion, music, visual art, sculpture, whatever it is, uh, I'm trying to find a way to actually set up a dialogue with the outside world. So like, actually, how can I get paid? And how can people see this that maybe isn't within the framework of just like an Instagram or Facebook, but like actually an event or a festival or happening? Yeah. For lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it's, it's always like, um, an odd thing. Like I just like to stay inspired and figure out where those things that inspire me can actually have some sort of life beyond just being in a garage. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that actually is how, what, what in the butt happened. Great. Yeah. So that's what, so I will say this song, I'm kind of approaching this as like, I thought it was great because. I knew that you had a hand in this video and this song, and we recently on our Patreon started a best of YouTube series. Uh, we ended up kind of only, we realized that this is gonna be a series because we didn't get to talk about any of our favorite music videos on it. Um, so this is like a video that, I mean, I saw this and was very aware of it before I met you. And I actually remember the night I met you, <laughs> Uh, it was at a very crowded bar 
And I don't know how we like started talking about it, but I think that that was one of the first things that you told me is that you're like, I don't know how we got on that subject, but it's, it was, I was pretty like, Oh, holy shit. Like this weird, crazy viral video, this guy, he had a, he had a part in it. Um, so to me, yeah, the, that golden era of YouTube where, it's like the early 2000s and it's just kind of like people i guess i guess what the idea is is that the viral video in itself was a novelty see and sorry to just no, jump right in there but um because you know when podcasts you have to allow one person to talk and then the other person responds which isn't the way the regular world operates right usually people talk on top of each right, other. right but i actually love doing we're in the same room and this is one thing i talk with ryan all the time is when we're not in the same room the interruptions are way less natural and it's like oh no you go you go but yeah, exactly i feel like there's you can have a little more of that when you're in the same room together you can actually talk a little more natural but yes go on the so thought. what i'll say is so with every birth of technology the creatives kind of adopt that technology and work on their own thing right so when the music video came out let's just say 1981 when mtv came out and the first video video killed the radio star came out and like people are like okay video killed the radio star this makes a certain kind of amount of sense because the technology's changed and things are going to adapt right so then michael jackson obviously is kind of the king of that format because he was able to understand the music videos being this important art form and he's kind of the most important thing within that technology so when it comes to youtube i like to think of what what in the butt as maybe a video killed the radio star and mm. gangnam style maybe okay. being the Michael Jackson, because see. It, it follows within this kind of canon of importantness within this technology for better and worse, mm -hmm. but it realized that popularity, f money, the way that we consume creativity is now having a pivot. So, right. and arguably this is one thing that will be debated. So I'm not gonna like take the actual uh, term, but Viral was likely the first time used on what what in the butt they wow. say the very first viral video according okay. to like I think Got a fact that check this shit, but like VH1 or something like that, right? Like I this mean, is the first time that word became buzzing, right? I mean and this and I mean this was on Tosh.0 this song was uh, parodied by South Park I mean, I'm looking at the YouTube right here. It's over 72 million views So it's you know, it's not it's nothing to sneeze at um, but yeah, I think that Maybe that's part of it is that now there is a sort of format. I mean, people are still getting viral in different creative ways by breaking the format. But I feel like this kind of laid a groundwork. It's that 2000s. It has that electro kind of it's got that drum like dance groove. But then it's like it has to be kind of really stupid and silly. <laughs> right. Like that's part of it is that people are like maybe that's the thing is like no, this wouldn't be on MTV because it's so absurd and ridiculous. You're saying what, what in the butt. And so then that's the, that's the beauty of the viral is you're like, I get to see this kind of wacky, silly thing, but then it gets to this popular and level. It's, it's like such an interesting way to see things develop because, you know, like John Waters, he, he's a director that operates in the absurd. Um, so what we were doing, like we were conflating all these different things. And even though it seems comedic uh, to have all these things kind of be thrown together and thrown in anal sex and this gay guy and all this stuff together, uh, 
I actually took it pretty seriously in that kind of canon because mm-hmm. I came from Milwaukee and Milwaukee like prides itself on really goofy yet sophisticated humor, even though the rest of the world probably doesn't see it like that. Can you actually, can we back up with Milwaukee? I mean, yeah, it, what are some of, I, I don't know a lot about the Midwest. Um, so if, I don't know if you want to enlighten us on some of the things maybe you were influenced by that led you oh, to making this i mean really like even though baltimore is john waters you know john right. waters is a big one but um yeah like at that time there was uh, american movie came out um okay okay there's stephanie barber she was really important for a very specific frequency of people huh. stephanie barber i gotta check this stuff out but i mean like the thing that's weird though is that because chicago is right there and chicago is this you know big metropolitan city that it's just like why do we compete with chicago let's mm-hmm. just do our own goofy thing gotcha. and i think that that kind of happens when you're able to appreciate you know maybe an equivalent would be like how athens is kind of strange and goofy and then it doesn't need to be atlanta yes you mm-hmm. know so like milwaukee which is actually like i think five times bigger than athens yeah it's um, definitely like a big city yeah sure. but like right. so athens is to Atlanta, so Atlanta's fucking gigantic, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And Chicago's gigantic mm-hmm. compared to Milwaukee. Right. So, like, there, they're just like, well, we're not going to try to compete with that shit. We're just this little goofy town, gotcha. and we do goofy shit, and we fucking party all the time mm-hmm. uh, because it is the, I think, second? No, it's the biggest exporter of beer. <laughs> nice, nice. In, uh, I think, the United States, um, which, you know, leads to a certain kind of fun like you're entertaining <laughs> influences your creative yeah. decisions okay so let's back up even further though so now the video is samwell that's the artist that i'm going to assume that's the man that he's a real human S- yeah. samwell is the person who who is in the video and kind of has this iconic look um but i'm seeing like you're you're credited with the song so how did like who is samwell how did you meet samwell and how did this song come about let's so, get there again like inspiration creativity like i just find creative things and try to find ways to you know create a dialogue and put Mm -hmm. things out so um i've always been a musician and you know it's kind of it's it's very strange to arrive from where i came from musically to where i got with what what in the butt but you know i was wanting to do like metal and um uh, nine inch nails and really heavy production and more aggressive sounding music. And then like, I just met this character that was so hilarious and we were, I in Milwaukee was living at a place called Darling Hall and they did again, more John Watersy kind of strange queer mm-hmm. kind of, uh, events. And I, I, I met him at, at I was a flight attendant. <clears throat> I think I knew that and, about you. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, Oh, I, I, Samuel came up to me cause we were working together who was also a flight attendant. Oh, okay. And he came up to me and he was like, hey, so I hear you're a musician. I was like, yeah, I am. And he's like, well, I have a song for you. And I was okay. like, okay. And he said, five, six, seven, eight. I said, what, what in the butt? <laughs> and I was, I honestly, this feeling, like I was like, have I ever laughed till this moment? Yeah. Have I ever felt this electric till this moment? And I was like, dude, I got to produce that. Uh-huh. So basically. So, he, so he's just writing it. But it's it's essentially it's this guy and he's just in his head he's just hearing what what in the button is it's there's not like he didn't like pull out a guitar no there was nothing just, to like, it yeah it, so he's just he's I hear what what in the butt in my head and I gotta get it out 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, and I thought it was, I was like, this is fucking great. Let's work on this together. So, uh, the initial key, the most important part to it, what, what in the butt is definitely part of his genius, but fleshing out the whole thing, I made it capable for him. So like verses fleshed out for Mm -hmm. him song, actual beat fleshed it out for him. Yeah. And again, we didn't think it was necessarily going to go anywhere. I just wanted to perform at this weird place called Darling Hall. Okay. And that's where my manifestation of this excited, creative energy working with this crazy person okay uh who's so loving and, and like the best person samuel mm-hmm. is such a fucking astounding human being on so many levels um but we performed it in this place called darling hall which i was living at as a flight attendant for a very temporary amount of time yeah now when you performed it now what did you i'm imagining a laptop right because that kind of gives no, me the dude, 2000 vibe you you had compact drum disc compact you, disc oh wow not even mp3 player okay. compact disc player with uh what is it esp so it had x extra uh, shock protection. So, oh, oh, so when you're jumping around, because now this beat goes hard. Um, <laughs> that's one thing I, I rewatched it. And uh, I mean, I was very familiar with it. I was like, got to brush up. And uh, when the beat finally kicks in, I'm like, you could still put that on a dance floor. Um, wow, that is very complimentary. So you, Thank so you, so you much. needed that ESP because I'm imagining there was some dancing going on yeah, at this show. It was pretty loud and and throbbing and the thing that's (laughs) throbbing is a great word to describe this song it was interesting though because at darling hall just to kind of try to tell everybody that has no comprehension of what this is we would do these oddball variety shows where people would go in there and just do you know Mm -hmm. five to ten minutes or less i've tried to bring these things back or to atlanta but it was always just friends just kind of like enjoying each other's company things that we took seriously or were inspired by at the time and we would share it with each other. So this wasn't like, all right, we're going to write an album and have a set. You were like, we wrote one song and now let's take it to the stage. Well, see, that's a part that gets slightly controversial because I wanted to write an album because Samuel is so funny and such mm-hmm. an interesting person that he had enough content for the entire album. But oh, okay. uh, so we'll probably talk about this a little bit okay. more later, but because everything got so popular so fast mm-hmm. and it's terrifying for young people in their 20s, like mm-hmm. what do we do with this popularity? Yeah. The album was put on a back burner because you're like, well, what are people going to think about? this because there were some really nasty and controversial songs on there way more than what what in the book okay and then this song in itself is definitely like it it has that silly viral nature of it where like on the there's a lot of you know there's bright colors in the video um and it's it's very uh like sing songy where like a kid could sing it and it's catchy but i mean the song's about anal sex so and so like it's definitely if there's it's not uh, It's not by most parents' standards kid-friendly. See, and that's the one thing that's weird. So I guess, again, in the canon, I, it's very hard to describe what work I was interested in then, what work I'm interested in now, and what worked in the internet now and at that time. But I always, like, I guess you could call it what the fuck art. Like, mm-hmm. you're just, like, looking at it and, like, did that just happen to me? What the fuck did I just see? Yeah, and that and, was a big thing in that time. Yeah. In, and, yeah, and that's the part that's really hard is that, like, I've always been excited about that novelty, the weird, like, how do you make a creative thing that's almost like walking into a Spencer's on steroids? Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer's being right. the old school mall place that would tell, sell you novelty things? Yes, I think um, 
Uh, we haven't cracked the Zoomer market yet, so I, I'm starting to realize that our listenership is overwhelmingly aware of the things we talk about. Right. Well, that's why I always love culture dumps, because yeah. it's exactly that <laughs> canon. It's yeah. that frequency of like, what the fuck happened mm-hmm. to the world? Yes. You know, people ate it up and you guys dump it out. Wow. Yeah. Okay, also, listener. Um, he is he is a big listener. and We, we do really appreciate that. And that's kind of why it's great, because now you had your part in a culture dump. And so it's, we're just eating, we're culture dump human centipeding right now. Uh, just eating it up, shitting it out and eating it back up again. Um, so you're gross. Yeah. So the, so the song you perform it yes. at, at Darling Hall, right? Mm-hmm. So how does that go? Like, what's the response? It, thank you. That, that actually is a great segue into how this thing started manifesting. So we were there and there were these two guys that were filmmakers that also did what the fuck art. Um, and they loved it enough. And they're like, we got to do a video. And we're like, okay, sure. Why not? Mm -hmm. Let's do this video. And they were at the time called Brown Mark entertainment now special entertainment. Okay. Um, and now was the Brown Mark, was that had nothing? I think were they just like, we're looking for butt related content. I mean, come on that name. I, I think it became a pseudonym post the actual, displaying of this stuff because they okay. wanted special entertainment as I think like this parent company and then Brown Mark being this thing that kind of goes on brand okay. with what, what, what in the butt is. But again, mm-hmm. I can't speak for them. Okay. Um, but so basically they came there, they, they saw the show. They thought it was hilarious because mm-hmm. I was actually Samuel's backing band and, and hype man. I was his flavor flavor, right? <laughs> So on stage, we do all these just weird like skits and stuff. And then what, what in the butt actually resonated with them. Cause this wasn't the first time Samuel and I had performed together, okay. but it was the first time that somebody's like, Hey, you know, I want to do something with this. Mm-hmm. And so these guys had green screen and just crazy skills. It looks like there was a lot of green screen. Involved. I mean, it looked but, like the, and I feel, it looks like the entire video was shot in front of a green screen completely, which again, also, I just feel like that feeds into that era. Like maybe I, without having done a ton of research, it feels like maybe these things started becoming more accessible to people sort of just in the same way that you started seeing artists like, you know, starting to sell tons of records and because, and they made an album on Ableton or GarageBand in their bedroom. It seems like the green screen might've become more accessible to people. So then everyone's like, holy shit, how can I do this? It's so fun. Completely. And the thing that's really interesting. So, Bobby Seraldo, um, I haven't talked to him in a hot minute, uh, became a family guy, but he was basically the lead director okay. of this video. And as legend would have it, again, I'm not sure hundred percent on how this exists because it's hard to like kind of identify these facts, but he had something called Zero TV that he worked with, I think out of like Florida or something like that. And Zero TV was where people would upload their own content and then it would be films and stuff like that. Short so, little films and like weird a, art. Like a pre-YouTube. Correct. Okay. And I believe wow. I YouTube actually bought him out. So okay. they understood that this framework was going to happen. And YouTube kind of grabbed all these different things. But again, this is legend that's so like crazy in my head. Uh, that it makes yeah. an interesting story. And I hope it's real. But who knows? Um, anyway, he had a knowledge about this format. And he recorded the video. Um, mm-hmm. it, uh, with, with his team, mm-hmm. Andrew Swant, another amazing human being. Um, and 
they put it out on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'd been to YouTube like maybe three times. And this is actually in its infancy. So Mm -hmm. YouTube only existed for like maybe two years. Right? Okay. Uh, Thus, the term viral video or anything like that hadn't Hadn't existed. Yeah. So I was at, at work and it was really early in the morning and I was checking the internet and I was like, oh, well, they just posted the what, what in the butt video. Right. I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. And it was only, you know, a couple hours and it was already at like 45,000 views. And I was like, wow. that seems like a lot. And the reason why, so I, I looked it up just to see if that was a lot. And mm-hmm. I was like, I checked out Madonna, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, Madonna's fucking huge. Michael yeah, Jackson fucking right, huge. Right. So I looked it up and like none of them had anything higher than like 7,000 views. Right. That's very interesting because people probably weren't, uh, you know, now you would see probably any Madonna video is going to be, you know, in the, you know, tens of millions because now everyone knows that YouTube is a source for that. Exactly. Interesting. So, so that's the part that was really interesting is that I just like compared and contrasted to that time mm. and like, so you had more numbers than Madonna. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So at the time we were, yeah. <laughs> we were bigger than Madonna, bro. So it, it, it becomes really interesting to see like, oh, okay. So 45 thousand views that's a lot and then you know by the end of the week it was over a million and we were getting called by places like vh1 Mm. we were asked to do pride fest in fucking canada and they asked me hey what are your fees and waivers and i'm like i don't even know what that fucking means right right you know like because i was such we were so naive and we never had contracts with one another and this was a new media and we just thought we're putting it out there for our friends and for other people to be into it, we didn't know it was going to turn because into I mean you have a writing stuff. credit, on correct? It. Yeah, I mean if you you made the music, for exactly. It, so, wow. So that that's the part that gets really really scary is that when you're kind of a kid in this framework and you're like, uh, there's all this popularity happening. Uh, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. And then you are like, okay, well, hopefully somebody can take care of me. And that's where like managers or agents come in. But n- there was nobody there to take care of us. Mm. We were just kind of like, it, it, because it became, you're not like a band. Yeah. It's like, not like, oh, I mean, I guess, I mean, did you get label offers? We did. Okay. So, so, uh, fat boy slim has a label in, oh, wow. in, uh, London. Mm-hmm. And so they, they gave us a, 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 an offer and, we just went for it because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Right. And uh, yeah, because they were called uh, Southern Fried was okay. the record label. And uh, the thing that's interesting is that they have their own version of like ASCAP and BMI. Oh. Yeah. So like they they were networked in this whole thing. I think it's called A-Songs. I, I, I honestly don't know. But um, it was fascinating to see all this stuff happening to us, but I didn't know shit about it. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. The way that I I see now too, like what I've learned just in general about something like this happening is that lightning does strike. So everybody watch yourselves with your creative material. If you're working with people on spec, Mm -hmm. which means on speculation, like Mm -hmm. thinking like, oh, this will be a cool thing, whatever. Try to get a contract out Mm -hmm. there. Just say like, hey, you know, I know you're not going to make any money right now, but if we do, who's going to get paid what? Right. Because you, I mean, you had this video team right. um, and obviously they liked it. And I'm sure you were really excited, like, cool, someone wants to make a video out of something I'm right. involved in. And they were our friends but too. It, so. But I mean, I guess that to me, that's the, sort of the classic viral is you have no fucking idea it's gonna go viral, right? right? Which is like why now I'm, you know, there's people that try to go viral and you kind of despise it because it's like, that just seems completely against the point. Right. And, and usually nine times out of 10, 
I can spot the fakes. You're like, you, this guy, you know, you, this person is trying to create this viral situation. And that's not why you enjoy it because part of the video that makes it seem so great is it, it has that feeling of like, say an art student or film student, or like you just immediately get the impression that this Samuel character is this like quirky personality who sort of just like stumbles into it and you're just getting a window into their world. And that's the viral the part you're right the good stuff there's something really special about things just kind of organically happening and again i i throw the word kind of canon around a lot um but yeah like there was no way to navigate this there wasn't like oh you've got to be goofy and you've got to put together this thing where it's loving yet controversial and colorful all at the same time Mm -hmm. Nobody knew that stuff. No, nobody right. knew what was going to happen. But now that people know that that's going to happen, and we've actually gone through a presidency that I think is a direct byproduct of what the internet is, that is <laughs> Donald Trump, where it's just like, you know how to like ruffle people's feathers enough and be lovable enough so that people can keep on carrying on because popularity breeds popularity. And that right, wasn't right. the stock and trade prior to that. Prior to that, it was, I think you would kind of rely on somebody's skill set and you'd be impressed by their skill set but then it became more about how many likes how many thumbs up how many whatevers you could get and that was the part that i think think like so in order to be popular all you have to do is if you go into a room and you want everybody to pay attention to you start smashing shit yes and that's not good (laughs) like and and i'm not saying that that was our attempt because we didn't know what we were doing Mm -hmm. we were just having fun you know, yeah. and we were, I mean, again, we took it seriously because we're all artists. Right. But we didn't really anticipate the fact that like really pissing people off or getting goofy or whatever was going to be the thing. Mm-hmm. And it now is the thing. And I feel yes. like people's blood pressure has gone up yeah, yeah. Substantial, substantially things, because of it. Things have changed very much a lot, especially in the internet realm and especially very specifically in terms of getting art videos and stuff out there. Now you do mention uh, you pissing people off. I mean, what kind of blowback? I mean, is it the the subject matter? I mean, was there uh, religious pushback Christians or? Yeah, it was everything. Cause like Samuel, like I knew him as a person. I'm like, dude, how could anybody be hate this person Mm -hmm. or be mad at this person? But let's start throwing out the numbers of identity politics, which also didn't exist out there. Mm -hmm. If you're a black person, that's gay. That's problematic. If you're gay, period, that's problematic. If you throw in a Christian symbol that's on fire, that's problematic. Right. Like this is there is something to piss everybody off or make everybody happy in this. I did completely forget that there was like this crazy cross, right? Um, which it has like these weird flames, which is not like burning person. I mean, burning crosses has a very different (laughs) connotation, but I guess that's just kind of I just completely forgot that. And there's there are some great imagery, um, the the chocolate uh, heart and the chocolate starfish with the lips. Um, and then there's right at the beginning, the, the, the blimp that just, I don't know. It's an incredibly phallic blimp that just kind of <laughs> goes right there. Um, so yeah, that's, I could totally see how that, that would ruffle people's feathers. But again, that uh, wasn't so much intention. It's just like, it would be funny if, you know, yeah. And that, yeah. that's the thing. I think honestly, what happened was we were just kind of making a salad of different 
creative ingredients and that's what was manifested mm -hmm. it's not that we ever thought like oh you know what would really get us a bunch of likes if we piss these people off right, right. or if we talked about this topic or that mm -hmm. topic it's just like no man we were looking at joy and entertainment we were song and dance people gotcha and we didn't really think that the making people upset was going to be an ingredient that was important but now mm -hmm. that we've found too like that's what the internet is. That's what yes. Twitter exists mm -hmm. on, you know? Yeah. So I, I hope the world gets out of this phase, by the way. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to put that out there. I would like it for us to be in a love equals popularity kind of universe. We just got to go back to uh, like Orson Welles, right? Like <laughs> 1930s radio. I wanted to say talk radio, but then I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's pretty controversial back in the day, too. Right. Um, but let's let's go. So now, like it's blowing up. Um, what are some of the more like surreal, bizarre moments in that period? I guess that's what like. Uh, so the video came out two thousand seven on Valentine's Day. Yes. Um, I noted two months before Chocolate Rain came out. So you you beat out Chocolate Rain, um, which was another major viral video. Though really, when I look at that, Chocolate Rain really seems like that was like a guy acting really on his own. Um, so, but so anyway, um, what, so I guess, is this, is it like 2007 or are, you, are we talking 2008? Like around how long was this kind of flame burning to? Well, so again, with, with this rap, rapid popularity, like, so Samuel and I would have meetings and we'd try to do more music and we'd like walk into a Trader Joe's or something like that just to get, you know, some beers or like food, whatever. And the whole place would shut down and look at us like like cash registers would stop. People would start walking up to us. And it was a really weird, weird time. Oh. Um, so we went on tour. We wandered around the U.S. And again, it was really hard to navigate because I only went on like would MySpace tours with, you know, like the different bands that we had where, you know, you play in somebody's basement here or there or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when, when, when it got that popular, we had to be like, wow, we're not ready for this shit. Mm -hmm. And we kept on kind of just figuring it out as we went, but that creates a lot of weird emotional strife with, well, at least personally within me. And I think that navigating it, hmm, trying to think about when, when the shit cleared, you know, cause every restaurant we'd go to and Samuel would make an order. The joke was they'd say like, Oh, I'm sorry. Say that again. What, what? Wow. And, he would say that. Yeah, no, we heard, I heard of the phrase so much yeah. that it felt like, you know, nails under my fingers, even uh -huh. though I knew that this was like something that was totally awesome. Yeah. Like that, that's the part that's weird is that I'm like, Oh, weird. I wonder how like, I don't know, you two or some gigantic band and they first have their one hit when mm -hmm. everybody reads it back to them and they're right. just like, you know what? I'm tired of fucking hearing it, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like leave me alone. Mm -hmm. So, uh, oh, so did I answer that? I think I, I well, went off topic. No, but that's, that's great too, because I think that that was kind of, you were kind of, I guess like certain things you're, you were getting into certain things that you really wouldn't have expected. And I wouldn't have right. quite expected that. And maybe there, and you know, maybe that's a different, you know, the U2, it's sort of like this whole avenue of like becoming a rock star. And then it's kind of like the narrative is is set in place of, you know, then you want the attention and fame and success and then you get it and it's not quite what you want. But, you know, we've heard that, but I guess it's funny to think about with viral videos um, and maybe it's in part the subject matter 
um, or the novelty or just, you know, I think that's part of what's interesting about novelty is where it's like, well, it's just this like silly song. So like it couldn't be that deep, you know, and that's kind of this natural reaction to it. But then it's still it's a it's a novelty and it captures everyone's imagination or it it has a place for people, too. So it's not just like this complete fluff thing it you know that's what i think is really fascinating about anything that gets like an insane amount of attention or a one-hit wonder or something like that is like before whatever that blip happened there Mm -hmm. was a life previous to all the people that worked on this thing that was genuine and deep and then there was a life after right right you know but like people can't help but oversimplify things and talk about just that one thing right you know and i'm totally cool with that i get Mm -hmm. that's how human beings as a gigantic moss of creatures put together operate but at the same time when you're in it it's very fucking strange Mm. and if you're not like dude working class fucking midwesterner like this was just like something i just didn't see happening Mm And so like nowadays, like I really make sure that, and this is like an honest, genuine thing. It's not about when I do creative things, it's about like still connecting with people, but trying to be as genuine in that connection as possible. So Mm -hmm. like I'm having fun with people I like and people will get it and we can have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. But if you get that popular, things are just out of your control and you just kind of got to like let it breathe. Cause there is, you don't have control. Right. And that's right. the part that's really terrifying. Okay. Yeah. And or, so are interesting. I don't mean to be talking so dark about a, a very fun song. <laughs> no, but that's great. I mean, that's kind of, I think that was, that was part of what we discussed that, you know, could come up. And, um, uh, so also, I mean, there was like, uh, Tosh point Oh, right. And, um, I didn't know this, but uh, Josh Homme from yes. Queens. Of, so what? So he did a he Samuel sang it with the guy from Queens right. of the Stone Age. And one thing I'll tell you without trying to explain too much mm-hmm. is that these things are great because everybody kind of gets a little bit of money from it. Mm-hmm. But these things are terrible because everybody gets a little bit of money for it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's weird is that ownership of stuff is very abstract Mm -hmm. so i'll say that all those these things are amazing and celebrated and awesome it's like oh those person people Mm -hmm. are functioning and that's that's really great it's it's getting put out there and things are going down you don't know on the back end like if you don't have the right legal representation what's going to happen and who's going to take money from you Mm -hmm. and who's going to give money to you yeah and that's why people make a whole industry out of just like being entertainment lawyers being your agent being your manager because then, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. So if somebody gives us money here, they're like, actually, you know, you don't own the rights of this particular thing. And I'll say, yes, all those things are very, very, very fun. Mm-hmm. But on the back end, it was really hard personally on me. I so. see. I see. Well, yeah. I mean, I could imagine that just kind of, especially the way you're describing, just approaching it from this sort of fun way and then kind of you're getting the success, which has to be great, but also just kind of like getting, it sounds like you got hit with some really unexpected stuff. I mean, Um, honestly, well, here, I'll just say that the real joy now comes with like talking to you guys about it and, or, you know, just like people in general, like, isn't that a fun fact about Mike? Like he DJed our show, but did you know this about him? (laughs) Right. Right. Those things actually do actually flood me now with endorphins and bring me joy. But at at the time that it was happening, it was pretty, pretty challenging. Um, the the only other, I guess, to me, the thing that I kind of was like, holy shit, 
um, in that realm of just the the major popular is the South Park thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, that's such a confusing story. So, yeah, can you... I, all I know is that I guess in 2010, it, I guess... I'm not going to admit, I'm not a huge... I don't know about them too much, but it sounds like they were... I guess they were sort of commenting on viral videos, and so then they made a what what in the Butters, and I watched the clip, and I guess it's Butters is Samwell. Yes. And I guess the idea is that Butters went viral and then everyone was laughing at him, but I haven't seen the episode. So maybe if you want to tell us a little about this whole South Park thing, because I mean, that's a huge TV show that has directly picked out this song. So I'm, I've got goose flesh right now. (laughs) Uh, That was also one of these interesting things on the back end. You wouldn't even think about the history of it, right? Mm -hmm. It was astoundingly funny. It was great. People were texting me. And I didn't even know that it was released. And the reason being is that there was something called the writer strike. I don't oh. know if you guys remember the writer strike, but it lasted for like six months to a year yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. So what happened was South Park emailed us and they asked, hey, can we use your song? And we said, sure. We were not signed to a label yet, mm-hmm. right? The writer strike happened. Everything shut down. The nature in which they do their... Uh, shows is they like write it like a week in advance, right? Right. So they did this whole thing where it was put on hold. Within that time that it was put on hold, we were signed to the label. They put it out. We got in trouble. Mm. But it was amazing that that thing happened. Right? You got in trouble. Yes. So like not me personally, did but South the, the situation. No, no, they didn't because we already said yes um. previous to it. And then in the middle, the writer strike happened. And so then you, because you're part of the writers, no, see, somehow? It, it's no, it's so weird. It's so conf- that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like these things cause stressors because like if you feel responsible for fucking how the money is transferred, mm-hmm. then it's a real kick in the groin when you see what happens. So basically with probably telling too much during that time, we were signed to a label, which means we give ownership over to another company that owns it it's like if you sell a painting you can't go into their house and then be like you know actually i'm going to take this painting out of your house and Mm -hmm. put it somewhere else right now right right so that was kind of how the agreement worked and then they put it out still thinking that they could just put it out but they didn't double check with us oh and that was the first video that came out after the writer's strike if this is making any sense um i mean honestly i have been thinking that the writer's strike is a culture dump. I was just going to um, suggest because, it, but I don't want to tell you how to do your job. No, I know because I know that I, from what I understand, it uh, severely affected Lost. Um, it, I mean, it was referenced a ton. And I think it, I think it kind of was the downfall of certain TV shows. And it definitely is something that it, it, it's a little confusing. So I'm sure Ryan would love to eat that up and get all the, totally. the details. But it totally had this weird dumpy effect for a second and and, and i had no yeah. idea that and so now that this is just blowing my mind this is crazy that even this is like a part of that in this in this bizarre way and and that's the part that's strange because i would say almost second to the actual video itself the south park video is the most notorious thing right. within this creative operation yeah because i'm seeing i'm here looking at the official on brown mark films uh the uploaded video for it and one of the things that it says is this is the original what what in the butt video there's been a lot of confusion about this we assure you we are not ripping off butters and so i guess that people i guess because south park has this huge built-in audience that maybe then they were finding the video and thinking that 
it was going backwards in that this was somehow a play off of what what in the butters yeah so which is fine it is you what know, it is. it's just it, again and to the moss of human beings when we all gather together it's almost just like hey whatever you guys popular opinion you're going to figure it you're going to make up whatever story you want anyway right but then so, but i could see how that's frustrating if it's like because then it's like it it it, there really is a difference. Like it goes one way. <laughs> yeah. If like South Park takes your shit, that's cool. If if you're like trying to piggyback off South Park, that seems desperate. And you know that it was exactly 100% one way and not the other. And it shouldn't bother you. But I could see how like if some idiot is just like, oh, Dude, it was uh, you're yeah. doing a South Park thing. Honestly, it because that particular thing about like creative ownership, that that part didn't hurt me as much as like people giving so much shits about money because mm -hmm. you yeah. know, that's, that's the thing that it's just like, it, it really makes friendships fatigued or whatnot. I, I personally don't take too seriously on people taking from me. I try my best not to take from others, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, it, it, yeah. Like it's odd what you focus in on what does or does not bother yeah. you. And in that scenario, like, it, it, I think that it's kind of funny when somebody comes up to me and they think the vice versa as in like the butters thing was the original and then backwards. Like right. we, we did a parody of them rather than us doing the, yeah. the, the right, parody. Right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that honestly emotionally does not even factor in. It's more just like, whoa, so somebody wants to sue us for this shit? What the fuck? Mm -hmm. And then people want to sue them? What the fuck? Like, then, dude, why can't we just keep this cool? And that's not the way the entertainment industry works. Right. It's not cool. Like, people <laughs> everywhere is just trying to bust other people's asses. And it's so fucking weird when it gets that big. So, do you, so whatever. But so now, so I mean, that aside, ultimate, like, what is kind of your... What if you had to give like a sort of summation of like how you felt about the South Park thing? Oh, like, fucking! I'm glad that it thumbs happened, up, man. Thumbs down. Yeah. yeah, man, dude. I'm all mm -hmm. about the adventure of life, even if there's some like uh, yeah. treacherous roads. So like, yeah, there's, dude. No, it's the fucking coolest thing ever, man. Mm -hmm. So I shouldn't be complaining about it. I'm just saying on the back end, it hurt. <laughs> no, I. I mean, that's that's what I'm here for is le kind of learning without getting into too much detail. Sort of just these. Things that honestly I would have never considered um, when it comes to a viral video. And I mean, that honestly probably give me a new uh, lens to examine some of my favorite viral videos with um, because it's just kind of like, whoa, yeah, like really didn't think about that. And I think that's, and again, I kind of said it before already in this episode, maybe that's the, the disarming nature of it. It just seems... Like, it's not about that. You know, I guess right. that's the difference is when you see that YouTube video, you just, you can smell the lawyers. You know that like 5,000 people Dude. made that YouTube video happen. So you just assume that everything is done in these channels. And this, this like, it totally has the feeling of, you know, it's the green screen. It feels like a, gr a small group of people, you know, did it. And so you just think for whatever reason, and then it's big. Mm -hmm. But then obviously once it starts getting involved in that kind of the greater entertainment world, it's just, you know, the same rules apply. And that's, again, why I love your guys' show so much is like, think, koosh balls, troll dolls, all the beanie mm -hmm. babies, all these things, right? They are there. They're a simple thing and they're a kind, cute little thing that brings mm -hmm. a lot of people joy. But there is a whole army of people making it so that those things survive. Like mm -hmm. there's people like with 
you know, money intentions basically yeah. behind it and being like, hey, I just want you to pay for this fucking goosh ball. They don't really care about the feeling right, that right. you have with it. Mm-hmm. And we cared about the feeling. We wanted people to enjoy this thing yeah. that we yeah. were doing, right? But we were just uh, not realizing that we needed to have a whole team behind us to beat the shit out of people that weren't going to take it right, right, kindly, you know. That's, that's fascinating. Or co- correctly or right, whatever. Right. Emotionally, genuine, and kindly. Fascinating. I, I'm going to read a couple of comments that I've just okay. noticed um, <laughs> just because I think they're funny and it'll kind of reinforce like what, what is dumpy about it to us. Um, the, uh, here, this guy walked so Lil Nas X could run. So that's a pretty good one. Um, Thank you. That's that's fucking sweet. And then uh, there's a lot of people saying like this is the golden era of YouTube. Um, people someday in the future, teenagers will listen to the song and say I was born in the wrong generation. This is this is YouTube's Mona Lisa. Um, but I think that I think the thing that I am finding interesting is that there are quite a few comments of sort of this golden era of YouTube. Um, because, yeah, like you mentioned it. And but like especially after Trump's presidency, there was a big shift into YouTube. And actually, we talk about that on our first Patreon episode about YouTube because I love conspiracy videos because they're so wacky and crazy. But after the election, um, you know, it, you were kind of like it, it got to this fever pitch. And then unfortunately, uh, YouTube went and took a bunch of my favorite conspiracy videos off. <laughs> and I get that there's all this political shit uh, behind it. And it's like, no, you can't. But like, I was like, guys, you took some of my favorite content. off. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's interesting. So like golden era, I think, is another way of saying when this thing that was new had innocence before they right. lost their innocence. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that YouTube is household thing, right? And yeah. who knows what the next thing will be that replaces it or whatever, mm-hmm. or how it gets augmented. But at that time, it was beautiful because it's just like, dude, we're just having fun and we can put things out there. And, you know, this is really a fantastic thing for all of humanity. Yeah. But just like the Internet in general, and I, I really don't like this cliche, but, you know, the road to hell is paved in good intentions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it really, it's the same thing. Like, th- we were intending well. Everything on the Internet was intending well. But now, like, we've, now there's ways where you have to regulate it, figure out how people get paid you, for you shit. Jake Paul shit. You, you know, you, you, know, got, you got people who are just how they have a camera and they're just like, let's follow me around my house for 20 minutes. And then it's racking, you know, and then you got people filming their kids. And then you got people, like, this is the one thing that's crazy too. So on Instagram, I was looking at this and it was saying like, Oh, pay for a professional account, get more likes, right? Right. Get more followers. And I'm like, dude, like back then it was genuine. Like people just literally saw it. It wasn't somebody selling your stuff from right. what you put out there but now that that's happened but the floodgates like, open you can't it's like i could just see how like go it doesn't make sense to go back because now it, yeah it's like if the genie is out of the bottle bro yeah right right so and that's great i mean that's that's hilarious because i wonder if like that now that because i mean all right so what 2007 so we got a few more years till we hit our 20 year nostalgia mark um but then you know maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe in um in 2027 you know maybe people are gonna be like like that's maybe that's when you're gonna have this like another resurgence of it and be like man remember when like videos on youtube were just made by like four people and not like a team of marketers and an instagram snapchat tiktok all like tied into it so 
And I the think day's going to come. Yeah, I think that again. that's the part that's interesting is that we have been approached by a couple of uh, reliable um, and credited documentary film people. And nice. nothing is, you know, completely f- mm-hmm. fleshed out, you know. But I'm like, yeah, I would love to contextualize this and really how strange and hard and absurd it was on the back end, um, as well as joy. Like, I, I, again, I, I just feel like the 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 challenge of it or the weird, interesting goo of it isn't so much represented. So I'd really love to have some sort of documentary that really captures how odd it was to be thrown into this YouTube phenomenon thing as being mm-hmm. one of the, you know, more uh, acknowledged whatevers. Oh, oh, I have to throw this out there. Like Perez Hilton. Do you remember Perez oh, Hilton? Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So Perez Hilton, I think we have, like, I don't even know what that guy's doing now. But at the time, like, he he posted us. And he was, like, the guy, the content influencer that was, like, if you see this, this is this is what's going down right, right now. Right, right. And he threw us out there. So, awesome. So, but the thing is, is, like, where the hell is he? Where the hell are we? You know, he's like, pro- it's... He's probably you know, still something. He's, he's probably still doing beauty pageants or whatever I he's will doing say now. the other crazy thing now, and this is a bit of a divergence, is that... Everyone, the internet has exploded everything. So then when you, like we all end up being more narrow-minded than we realize because here's the thing is like you go to anyone and you're like, what, like, like Perez Hilton, for example, you're like, what the hell are they doing? And then you're like, they, you know, they must've fallen off, blah, blah, blah. But then when you actually, if you go and like investigate them, you're like, oh, like I bet this guy is like, and then you realize that he's probably still doing his entire thing and is still probably very popular and able to do it. For me, it happens a lot with bands. Yeah. Like um, uh, just to keep in the theme of dating the show, The Offspring. You're like, what yeah. the hell happened to The Offspring? Dude, I heard that guy's making hot sauce. They're, they're like, like, they're doing you know, stuff. They just yeah. still do shit. And it's just that they they're doing it for their fans. They're keeping their career. But if it's not in your thing, there there are now like so many different pockets of bigness. So like there could be this rapper that you've never heard of and he's racking up millions of views, millions of plays, and you just have no idea who it is. And then it's like even within like that group, it's like to this enough people, it's like this thing is hot shit. And then to some other group, there's a completely different other category of artists, people that are big. And those, none of those people are even that Madonna, Drake level. See, and but that, they're big enough. And so there's just, there's so many more big, famous it, it's things. It's so fascinating because I've thought about this again because of, you know, what, what in the butt and just because I guess my mind has a natural wonder about it. But like, so prior to this, like entertainers would kind of just like project to the world because of the limited amount of media in which you could send out and people could receive. So, you know, you have limited amount of channels on TV. This is what you're mm-hmm. you're going to consume. Right. And these are the people that are consuming it. So at that time, that's why it, it makes perfect sense that, you know, Michael Jackson, again, sold over, you know, 100 million records or whatever with Thriller because right. all of these ingredients of technology and how we consume things happened. Now it's what what is the what is the thing that reaches that popularity is the people that f- facilitate that media being given to you. Not mm-hmm. so much the media itself, but mm. the media being given to you. So for instance, oh, 
who hasn't heard of Facebook? Right. You might right. not have heard of a Facebook celebrity, mm-hmm. but who hasn't heard of Facebook? You might not True. have heard of a YouTube right, celebrity, right. but you've heard of YouTube. True. So now, or Steve Jobs or these things. So that has replaced, you know, these entertainers that were kind of the dictator of mm-hmm. what was our entertainment content. Right. And now right. it's the content creators that are becoming these kind of biggest Michael Jackson names, if that makes sense. That makes, no, I mean, because it's like, um, like TikTok star, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, you're like, but everybody knows TikTok, not necessarily. Right. So you almost have to like, have you heard of blah? And then you, (laughs) and and I don't know shit about TikTok. Um, but, but then you have to be like, no, I haven't heard of them. And you have to, they're big on TikTok. They're a TikTok star. You have to, that, that is actually a crucial part of their identity. Right. Is, I think that's what you're saying, kind of. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, sure. I like at you. Least so, like, I like you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but at least at least to some degree, some part of it. Right. You know, I mean, you did and you did have MTV and that and that kind of seems sort of like a proto version of it where like the fact that MTV was the provider of it. Right. And we still, of course, have our mega celebrity, mega actors, mega musicians. But now, I, like, it's not just that you have Spotify, you have YouTube, TikTok. There's so many more, yeah, like channels, I guess. And then they can each breed their own viral, like getting like, there's just so many people that now have like millions of somethings, views, streams, whatever, likes. And uh, again, to throw into a cliche, everybody's going to be famous for 15 minutes, Andy Warhol, right? So like it's now you just kind of pick your place to throw something out and have somebody consume it. Um, and again, I don't, I don't want to oversimplify it or, or be that cynical, but I am kind of curious to see how just things evolve, you know, and cause I know where I'm at with this place being what, 15 years, whatever it is. I mm-hmm. don't know how many years since what, what in the butt happened. Uh, but one thing that's really nice, uh, amongst all the, the trials and tribulations, I love my life and I love that that happened. So that's awesome. That's a, that is a great positive way to, uh, wrap this up. Um, Mike Stasny, I really appreciate it. Do you have any, any other closing thoughts or, uh, I, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already subscribed to this podcast, but culture dumps, I've honestly been recommending it person to person, but anybody that's hearing this right now, I love culture dumps. It's exactly what I think the world needs right now. Wow. Maybe, maybe that's a little hyperbolic, but whatever. <laughs> Eat it up, buddy. Take the compliment. No, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you ha- uh, having you on here. And um, yeah, seriously, Mike, thank you so much. Thank appreciate you, brother. It. Well, there you have it, folks. That was a wonderful interview with Mike Stasny, uh, who helped create the amazing viral hit, What What in the Butt by Sam Well. Uh, he's also just a great guy, has a lot of interesting projects he's always working on so it was was really nice to talk to him uh we also do mention our patreon a few times in that episode uh, which we kind of do our own deep dives we have these informal chats called squirts uh we started compiling a series of all of ryan and i's favorite youtube videos that still very much fall into the culture dump realm so if you want some of that exclusive content, then uh, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com uh, slash culture dumps. And as always, don't forget to uh, find us on Instagram at culture dumps and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you so much. Uh, and if you ate it up, then we dump it out.